Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by the co-host Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a got a lot of good uh, recruiting news for you this week. Um, you know, it just hadn't really had much uh, pop, but then all of a sudden this week we get three right back to back to back. A really nice hat trick this week. Uh, wasn't too much uh, news otherwise. I mean, there's still people talking about whether or not or how we're going to have a, a football season or other sports going forward. We could we could get into that and pretty much where the you know LSU's class stands. But before we uh, do anything, I wanted to. Ask you folks, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at Talking Tigs. Uh, we're also on Facebook as the Talking Tigs podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and of course, TikTok now as well. Uh, so, uh, guys, I wanted to check in with you before we get going because, uh, you know, it's a pretty big holiday weekend. Want to see, uh, see, uh, see how you guys are doing after Independence Day. I mean, hey, it's good to be back with the podcast, you know, for another another edition. Had a great uh, weekend, you know, not too much going on. Um, just kind of enjoyed hanging out and relaxing a little bit, and then also keeping up with all this recruiting news because I don't know what I don't know what made July fourth like the you know this year's July fourth like the day to announce, but there was a lot of big a lot of big college football stuff that happened uh, on the, on the, over this weekend. Yeah, for sure, some some fireworks there. My weekend wasn't too crazy. Unfortunately, I had to hunker down a little bit on the fourth because there was a uh, coronavirus scare at my place of employment. But um, everything is is good now, so glad to be back on the on the mic. And that gave me some time to make a whole bunch of vids for the TikTok, which is doing quite well. We're up to fifty thousand total likes across all the videos, and we're about to hit five thousand followers. So um, doing great on there, and excited to talk about these recruits with you all today. <laughs> Well, uh, having said that, man, I don't, I don't really want to hold you back there, Daniel. You look like you're jumping to get out of the gate. So, I mean, let's just get down right to it. Uh, well, really quickly, I had a pretty good fourth. I saw, some, uh, saw a high school friend. No one, no other places where I would have gone were doing any fireworks. They've postponed them, which to me, it's, I don't know. It's like you're going to do Independence Fireworks on September or October, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I got to hang out with some uh, with some good friends and uh, have some good food and uh, and chit chat and stuff, and celebrate our independence. Um, and now we can celebrate these uh, this recruiting class because LSU had three really big ones right in a row. So let's let's get down to it. And I'm gonna toss it to Daniel, who's our recruiting guru here on Talking Kicks. So uh, Daniel, take it away. Yeah, I guess I'll just kind of do like an overview of what went down. Then we can kind of break down each of these guys. So I think it was Wednesday. Um, this fella, Naquan Brown, I'm not sure, I might murder all these pronunciations, uh, but he is a defensive end, four star uh, from Virginia Beach, Florida. Virginia Beach, Virginia. I don't know why I said Florida. <laughs> and yeah, he's a number 11 D end in the country. He committed to LSU there had been a lot of strong movement from him towards LSU over the past few weeks. So that one wasn't too huge of a surprise. And so it was exciting to see him. And then later on, I believe Friday was Chris Hilton, who is the number three or four prospect in Louisiana out of Zachary high school as a wide receiver committed to LSU. So that was really big. So he decided to stay home. Um, there had been some links to Alabama, I think, that people were trying to say he was going to flip, but he stayed home, so that's great. And he was the number eight wide receiver in the country, which builds up to our uh, third wide receiver for this class. 
and then just on this past on the 4th of July itself, I think it was um, defensive end Keanu Coat out of, he was from Florida. He's from Florida. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he is from Vera beach, Florida. And so he's another defensive end. Uh, so Naquan Brown, the first guy I mentioned kind of plays a hybrid, like outside linebacker DN and uh, Code is more of a, uh, a true defensive end from what I understand. And so he was a four-star uh, number 18 DN in the country. So a real great kind of trifecta of guys there as we're showing up in uh, multiple areas. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great, uh, kind of a great weekend for LSU and, and something that, uh, you know, we're, we're really stacking up like a lot of the, you know, we're getting a lot of DNs. We're getting a lot of wide receivers where, you know, it's, it feels like we're kind of repeating a lot of positions, but it kind of shows that at this point we're building towards that new scheme and, you know, they're going out and cherry picking uh, the players they want and picking them from hostile territory. So, you know, you, you, you look at a guy like Cote coming out of Florida and, you know, that's, that's right. And that's, in the bed of Florida state, Florida, not too far from Auburn, Alabama, of course, George is going to be, you know, looking for, for players out of Florida. So it's a good pickup for us and a good, and a good way to, um, you know, almost dismantle some, uh, some potential, a potential star going to, you know, a rival school in the same, in the same uh, division. And then um, as well, you know, you talk about uh, the kid out of, out of Virginia, it just shows the, the links, that coach O has and is willing to go to, to recruit across the country. You know, typically LSU is really the bread and butter has been, and I've heard, I've heard numerous people within the program say this, you know, we recruit I 10 uh, from Texas to Florida. And that's, that's basically where we go. But coach O has shown that he's willing to go off to Virginia, DC, California, and, and most recently, and, you know, recently Michigan with uh, Dellinger, um, so, you know, the LSU recruiting is not just a, uh, not just a Southeast, not just a Louisiana endeavor. And I think we're, it's really paying dividends that coach O is the, the type of recruiter who can do it all. Yeah. You make a, a great point there. So that brings the total number of recruits for this class up to 15 and out of those 15 it's split up between nine States. So really all over the map here, uh, come into the boot. And so that's, are real great to see the, the program establishing itself as a, a national power, not just because Louisiana always has great talent, some of the best players in the country, and obviously states like Texas and Florida and Georgia do as well. But just being able to pull that guy from California or from Michigan or up in the, the D.C. area where they have some great football schools there as well uh, just gives us a presence across and always makes us a, a candidate for these guys. And especially that, that you can pull the guy you need. We don't have to, you don't have to dominate California as LSU. You don't have to dominate Virginia as LSU, but you know, there, there are certain years where Louisiana has great, you know, great defensive tackle talent. Like last year, you know, we had, what was it like three defensive tackles that came to LSU for or defensive linemen who came to LSU from Louisiana. That's a great year for defensive linemen. But um, you know, one year you might not have that kind of talent, but you still need to be able, you still need one or you still need two. And to be able to go out and, and, and find a player and convince him to come from a foreign state. He's probably never even been to Louisiana and never thought about Louisiana. The only thing he knows about is like Mardi Gras and to be able to convince him to come play for you. That's a huge asset for our program. and something that we probably did, you know, we haven't had for a long time. And uh, in addition to, you know, being able to pull these guys from all over the country um, is something we I think we touched on 
you know, a few pods ago was, uh, you know, LSU still has to remember, you know, what it has in state. So picking up a guy like, like Hilton was good to keep some of these guys home because uh, it's good to recruit from elsewhere in the country just to get different, you know, different flavors, different, uh, different talents. But, uh, you know, you don't want the guys at home thinking that you're ignoring them and you just LSU so rich with talent. Um, that you should never let anyone out, re- out recruit you in your own state. But um, I think LSU's got a good balance going. Yeah, I think that I think that kind of thinking about our overall class right now, that is one concern I have is that um, I want to make sure that we that we stay on the talent in Louisiana, um, yeah. and that you know you don't want it, it. Recruiting is such a is such a, an interesting game. If you follow it, you know, law or if you follow it for any length of time, you kind of realize it's like musical chairs, but both, but there are two, there's like two sets of chairs, you know, the coaches are trying to pick the best players they can while also keeping spots open for the guys who, cause you know, typically like the, the best, the best of the best recruits will wait till the last second. So there's a lot of feel, you know, you want, you don't want to be left without a dance partner at the end, but you also don't want to not have a spot for when a Jordan Birch, the last minute, decides he doesn't want to sign with, you know, South Carolina or whatever, and then decides out of nowhere to come to LSU. Like, obviously that didn't happen, but that was like a very real scenario that we let, you know, that Coach O left that spot open for, and he thought, from what I've heard, he thought he was pretty convinced we were going to get him. So um, it's, a, it's an interesting game. And then on the flip side for players, you know, they don't want to um, commit to it they don't want to commit too early but they also don't want to they, you know they have to decide am i gonna wait for more offers and not commit early or am i going to commit now because if i wait long enough my spot might be gone and that that's happened to players as well um so like i said you know it's it's an interesting dynamic and i i did i agree with you scott like you know we have so much good talent in louisiana and even this year's class is going to be a talented class i don't want us to miss out on that by um setting all of our sites out of state yeah and then so like you're talking about the talent in louisiana the the top three prospects in louisiana are still all at play here mm-hmm. and that's between uh, mason smith who's the number one d tackle in the country out of homa uh, sage ryan the safety from lafayette he's the number one safety in the country and then brian thomas out of walker just outside of baton rouge um the number seven wide receiver in the country so and currently all the, the crystal balls for all three of these players have pointed towards LSU. So if we can lock all those guys up and keep them home, then that'd be a, a big win and kind of a, a good rounding out for the class, especially for the DB position with Sage Ryan, who we only have one, we have one safety and no corners right now. So that's definitely something we'll be looking to lock up as the recruiting season kind of wraps up here. And especially as, you know, and, and as LSU's tradition, you know, we go after, we're going after the top safeties, not only in Louisiana, but I mean, not the top DBs, not only in Louisiana, but also in the country. And as the number one cornerback in the country chooses North Carolina of all places recently, yeah, you know, we, it's important not only to jump on the talent that we have, the number one safety in the, in the country that's in our own backyard, you know, we want to lock that, that type of DB talent up, but also, you know, at the cornerback position right now, you know, don't be surprised if we go out of state. Right, yeah. yeah, I think the the big guy. Sorry to interrupt you, Scott, but the big right. guy we're looking at for corner right now is uh, Quincy McKistry. I think they call him uh, Kool Aid is his nickname. I, I think I mentioned him before, but he's like the number two or three corner in the country, and um, 
he's mostly, I think he's down to three schools like LSU, Auburn, and Clemson. And so he's out of Alabama. So if we lock him up, then we'll definitely be in a good place there, especially with the recent all-star cornerbacks. We could have like Stingley and Elias Ricks. And who doesn't want a guy named, named Kool-Aid to start for LSU? Like <laughs> I want, I want a jerk. I, I like, if, if we get Kool-Aid, I bet the coolest thing, the best thing you can get during that time will be a jersey with the Kool-Aid on the name in the back. Yeah. And, you know, some kids holding up the sign, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid or or something like that. Or, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, that's that's also, um, I mean, if we can get those guys, that'd be great. I mean, it's uh, especially because, you know, uh, if nothing else, LSU definitely needs some depth. I mean, they just had two defensive backs transfer out within the last month. So um, hopefully that's 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 another selling point. But um you know, it's, I guess it boils down to, you know, also what, you know, is LSU getting what they need? Of course, they can accept and make room for the number one defensive tackle in the country, even though they just signed, you know, three three defensive linemen, you know, this three big defensive linemen this, this past uh, go around. Um, but I don't know, do you guys feel like LSU is also getting what they need? You could always use wide receivers, but um, like, are they, are they getting the, uh, are they getting what they need? Because I remember last year it was Coach O said, we need defensive linemen and we need them fast. Mm-hmm. And that was a focus. So uh, I don't know. Or do you think these, uh, all the needs are being met so far? You know, I think that the, the interesting thing that I see is it kind of, Daniel kind of mentioned it um, with the, uh, the defensive end that he talks about. Um, one second. Let me, I forget his name. Hold on. Let me, can you edit this out, Scott? Well, <laughs> I, 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 um, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's an interesting point that, and Daniel kind of touched on it um, when he was going over the recruits that just signed. You know, with Naquan Brown, I think Daniel, you said he's more of like the hybrid linebacker DN type. Yeah, kind of the Calevon Chason type player. And of course, like we're not going to be really using that. At least, is a he won't be playing defensive end for us, I would guess. Right? If he's if he's a little bit more of a, a slimmer guy, you know, rangy, quick guy you know, maybe he'll make a transition to a backer position or, um, you know, who knows, but I saw an interesting, uh, video by a guy named, I don't know if, have y'all ever watched RJ young stuff on YouTube? He's an Oklahoma kind of, uh, he, he mainly covers Oklahoma football, but, um, he does a lot of LSU stuff because, uh, I don't know why, but he likes LSU kind of, so they're awesome. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, probably because he feel he just feels bad about the peach bowl so he just has to like you know explain it all away by how good our talent is or something i don't know you can't he, be uh, yeah so he was talking about you know he, this kind of raising this point of like is lsu recruit what what is lsu recruiting and you know he he brought up like are we moving towards almost like a positionless positionless defense positionless type of football where you know you you recruit um, he said, I think he said three Tyler Shelvins and eight, uh, and eight Isaiah Simmons, you know, it's like a guy who can do it all. Isaiah Simmons can play inside. He could play middle linebacker for you. He can play inside. He can play, uh, you know, like a, uh, will linebacker. He can play safety. He can even play. He even, he came in as a cornerback. So, you know, are we recruiting these kind of guys who are, who are almost in bed, you know, use the baseball term five tool players. They can do it all. And then we'll just, you know, plug and play and kind of see what we can get out of them. Um, I, I maybe so, because some of the players that it looks like we're recruiting 
could, would have would have would have been perfect for Aranda's defense. But you know, I I think that we wouldn't be recruiting him if if Bo Pelini didn't think they'd be working as well. Yeah, and then another kind of position of need for this class is offensive line, which you had mentioned this in text to me earlier, Tommy, but we hadn't really talked about it too much. So the only guy we've got on the whole line right now is is Garrett Dellinger, who committed, I think it was two weeks ago at this point. And so he's a really good player, but yeah, there's really no depth. And with the entire starting offensive line bar, Austin Deckless leaving this past year, um, that's definitely something that the young guys will need to fill in. And obviously it's a couple of years down the road at this point, but you already got to be aware of this. It could happen again where LSU just dumps and has to reload. So right now we're looking at Tristan Lee. I think he's a five-star from up north somewhere. It escapes me. But he, um, yeah, he's definitely kind of between, I think, LSU and Ohio State maybe at this point. So if you could pull him from up there, that'd be a big get and solidify the, the left tackle position, which – will be protecting uh, Garrett Nussmeyer's blind side now as Caleb Williams is no longer an option, it seems. It's a good little right. segue there. Yeah. Uh, well, they, uh, and they also had that one guy transferring from Harvard. Yeah, but he's a senior grad transfer. I think he's kind of one and done this year oh, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's uh, some depth anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU's had that issue the last few years. Well, I, I guess – I'd say it's probably a lot more stable now under James Craig, but I remember, you know, just for a few years in a row, it seemed like LSU had all these moving parts to their offensive line just because of attrition or injury. And, you know, it's kind of like LSU's pitching rotation in baseball. It's just, it never seems solidified. So hopefully they can uh, get that solidified. Cause yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know how mobile, um, Miles Brennan is compared to Joe Burrow. You know, he might have to be even more mobile uh, depending on how the, the line holds up. But, um, yeah, the depth would be key. Uh, but speaking of, like, specific positions, though, I mean, because, you know, I, I don't think we can all expect the same offense we saw last year. But, uh, you know, they're not going to have the same players. But the uh, LSU uh, is, you know, quietly making a name for itself as wide receiver university um is that is that fair to say i think it's definitely arguable you know with when you've got a a pedigree of odell beckham jr jarvis landry you know daniel you sent me that daniel sent us a video of uh, a jarvis landry highlight the other day or actually today and uh you know he he was a great one then you got uh russell shepherd Malachi Dupree was a great one. He was, I was, I think he was the number one wide receiver out of high school when he was was. recruited. Um, you know, then shark DJ. Yep. Um, and then now with Jamar chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall, uh, you know, Kayshawn Boutte coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying racy McMath is going to have a breakout year. Um, we've got some, we've got some, if, if we're not WRU, you know, like you can't argue we got some serious talent at that position. Right. Yeah, they even coined the the term WRTS last year, wide receiver type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that is obviously they they know that they're pretty good, and they had the numbers to prove it between uh, Chase Jefferson, Marshall, and the the others. And I assume that's only going to continue this year. And obviously, it makes wide receivers want to play here because we've got three four star better recruits th- this year already. I think 
we did, we did have two highly rated wide receivers last year flip on us on national signing day, uh, between Rakeem Jarrett and Jermaine Burton, which was a disappointment. Um, snakes status in the back, but, and then we, obviously we look to be reloading again, the 2021 class with the guys like Chris Hilton that I just mentioned. So, uh, you're, you're really right there. And yeah. So with the offensive transition, we've undergone and hopefully continued to, to uphold it's something that I hope will continue in the future. Yeah, I think so because, you know, LSU, um, you know, they, they completely changed their, their mindset and their game plan. You could say mostly due to Joe Brady, but I think coach O knew they needed to change and make it more updated. And they have. So, I mean, LSU was pulling good receivers before, you know, back when they had quarterback woes for, you know, like almost a decade. Uh, but you know, back so when they threw four times a game, they pulled a, they pulled great receivers. Right, so you got to catch that Jordan Jefferson four yard slant out. <laughs> right, uh, so it's like getting the talent wasn't an issue. It was just you know having you know m- making it useful, like having a quarterback that could throw to them. And you know they had that for the last two years. And well, what do you know? They they won a title. They they set records for the best offense probably ever. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't expect to see that trend discontinue. Um, but uh, you did say something, Tommy, that uh, I, I was, I was going to mention actually, and that's um, uh, people, you know, expecting some big things from Racy McMath because he's he's been here for you know for a few years now, and uh, I think Mickey Joseph said uh, recently that uh, it's it's probably you know going to be his time. He could be starting on uh, another team elsewhere. It's just, you know, their, their receiving core has been so stacked mm-hmm. uh, the last few years. And, uh, you know, he's stuck around. He, he knows the offense and I, I think he's ready to go. Um, and just imagine, eh, I don't know. It's going to be like, pick your poison. You got uh, these up and comers. You got the guy that won the Blitnikoff last year and chase. And, um, oh, then you got Eric Gilbert coming in. So, yeah. Yeah, who, who who do you want us to beat you with? Because, yeah, Joe Burrow's not here, but all these guys are, are playmakers. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't see that going any way, going away. So, and also, don't don't forget Trey Palmer as well. I think we'll see a lot of him. Yeah, a former five-star recruit, and he had a couple of big plays. He had, like, one punt return for a touchdown last year. First game? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot that was the first game. And then so definitely left a good impression there and will work himself in with some, some play time. And then a lot of people are thinking Kayshawn Booty will get a lot of playing time this year as well as a true freshman. So excited to see him as one of the fastest players out of high school this last year. He's got that track speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Hilton is too, right? Like he, he – was he going to be doing um, track and field at LSU also? I'm I don't know. I sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know he. I know he's. I know he's a burner. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to you know play track, but um, yeah. he can play he can track run, <laughs> or run track. <laughs> no, I, I I'd read that he uh, he might, but um, I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, like we said, we got uh, we don't have Joe Burrow anymore, but we we're pretty confident in Miles Brennan. Um, but it doesn't mean you know LSU is not always looking for you know the next best thing, um, and. Many believe that Caleb Williams um, could be the next best thing, I guess, in college uh, football as far as uh, quarterback recruits go. Uh, but he he made his decision this weekend on Independence Day, uh, and he chose to go to Oklahoma. And uh, I guess 
take over the the next Heisman race over there because those you know Lincoln Rallies had a been pretty successful at cranking out good Heisman quality QBs. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't see the commitment. Was he did he do something special or was it just uh, like a, an Instagram post or something? No, it was it was pretty cool. I, yeah, I watched I it, it pretty live. cool video. <laughs> I watched it live. So he was on it was on CBS Sports HQ. They kind of made a whole production about it. They had people on the the analyst desk like talking about where he was going to go. And then this, so this was the Fourth of July evening. It was eight o'clock Central, nine o'clock Eastern. And he was in Maryland, so uh, it's night there. And then they cut to one of the lead interviewers. And so it's kind of on a split screen interview where the, the interview guy is on one side and Caleb Williams is on the other. And so we kind of asked him like, Caleb, how are you feeling about it? Like you excited? He's like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm ready to make my decision and go on to the next level. And then I'm, I'm happy with uh, what I've got here. And so he's like, all right, let's uh, see what the number one quarterback in the country does. And it cuts to kind of a, a sizzle video of mm-hmm. a whole bunch of high school highlights. Uh, he's tearing it up on the field. And then it kind of shows a, uh, little bit of each of the schools he was considering which was lsu oklahoma and then alabama or not maryland maryland Maryland, excuse me and then at the very end it kind of cuts back to caleb williams and then it's like a pre-recorded thing where he's like and i'll be committing to the university of oklahoma and he's like decked out in oklahoma gear and then it cuts back to him live and he's got all the oklahoma gear (laughs) on so he's like right back in the interview uh with the guy and so and they have like the, the headline banner across the bottom is like number one quarterback, Caleb Williams commits to Oklahoma. So it was, it was really a whole production. And then they talk for like five minutes and the fireworks go off in the background. <laughs> uh, so I guess they coordinated that as well. Okay. Yeah. So it was pretty cool the way they put it all together and made it kind of an event, which is uh, what recruiting really is these days. And, but all signs pointed to him going to Oklahoma and he did that, especially since we have a quality quarterback like Garrett Nussmeyer um, so I guess Oklahoma will try to continue their tradition of being quote unquote QBU, which is kind of hard to argue against at this point, to be honest, even if you do want to, um, yeah, but how many rings do they have those? Zero playoff wins, but two Heisman trophies, I don't know, which is better. Uh, and then, so I guess congrats to him and we got our guys. So as long as Caleb sticks around, then not a Caleb, as long as Garrett sticks around, then we'll, we'll be in good shape. Well, and I think I think it's something you know important to keep in mind about Garrett Nussmeyer is that uh, you know he was he was instrumental in recruiting Hilton to come play as a wide receiver. You know he he told him that he wanted to he wanted to throw to him, and of course then he he committed you know this weekend. So I like you know Daniel, we were talking about it I think earlier this week, um, right before the Caleb Williams thing. I I was I'm glad I'm almost glad I'm not glad that he didn't come to LSU, but. I am glad that like, you know, we have here, we have our guy and we don't have, because I, I would have thought that if Caleb co- uh, committed to LSU, I could see Garrett like decommitting or, you know, e- exploring other options. Cause he doesn't want to sit. He's as good, you know, he's the a top quarterback, just like Caleb Williams is. So I would almost be concerned that, and as we all know, like recruiting is, is it's always up in the air. So I could see Caleb Williams decommitting. And then, you know, like I said earlier, you don't want to be left uh, with no dance partner at the end. You know, Garrett, Garrett Nussmeyer, Caleb Williams, Garrett commits, then Caleb commits, then Garrett decommits because he doesn't want to have to sit under Caleb Williams. Then Caleb Williams says, you know what, I like Oklahoma. And then we're left with nobody. So I'm kind of glad we've got our guy. He's already, he's already engrossed in the program. He's already, you know, trying to recruit other players to come play with him. And, you know, let's let the chips fall where they may, because 
uh, like I said, like we said, you know, they had two Heisman Trophy winners. They had Baker Mayfield. They had Kyler Murray. They had Jalen Hurts. They have now they've got Spencer Rattler, but they don't have any uh, any championships to prove, to to show for it. Um, you know, I, I think I like I like our evaluation of talent, and let's go with Garrett. Yeah, you know, it's interesting as you said is through those guys you just mentioned, they all transferred in. True, you know, they started Oklahoma. Um, you know, you can't take away what Lincoln Riley is doing, but um, I guess we just got the you know Joe Burrow would have went there. Who knows? Uh, but uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, they they can you know they could have it. Uh, I I don't know Scott Scott Rabley, uh kind of had a funny comment about this through some major shade, not to Caleb Williams, but more towards Oklahoma saying, well, you know, he's, he's probably going to be competing for a Heisman and taking him to two straight playoff losses uh, <laughs> in the few years. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's, uh, that's shade, but I mean, is he wrong? Prove us wrong, Lincoln. No, yeah. maybe don't rattle the cage. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I think you'd have seen something different though, because obviously they can, you can get a quarterback to perform with his system and do well, but it's like, you know, you can't beat someone with just that as we saw. Yeah. Um, Cause you, well, I don't know. I don't know if it'd have been different if, uh, you know, if they had Kyler Murray or Baker when, you know, when they played LSU, but it just, you know, it just wasn't the same. And uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is one of the top five QBs in the country. It just, but the score just <laughs> the score just says it all. Yeah, you know. Anyway, um, well, that pretty much was uh, was about it for uh, for recruiting this week, right? I think so. Okay. Um. Well, of course, you know the next biggest thing to recruiting is uh, are any of these recruits actually going to get to play? Of course, there was some more talk this week, and I don't know. I saw something. Um, actually speaking of Lincoln Riley, he was asked and I guess some guys were now thinking, well, since, you know, stuff is not quite dying down as projected for the fall and that take into effect, you know, supposed second wave of COVID, uh, some people were tossed around this idea of spring football season. Um, I guess to go with the spring baseball and the spring basketball. And I don't know, uh, I guess that could be the, the the backup plan, the the long shot, the the safe bet, whatever you want to call it. But it would just seem weird to have football in the spring. What do you, I don't know? Do you guys get a sense that uh, now that everyone's starting to rethink, um, you know, that football will be played in like two to three months? I I I mean, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if right. they cancel it. I, you know, I, I'm not optimistic about these, about our leaders and our, you know, if they're going to let us do it, not because I don't think we could play, but I just don't know if they will let us. That being said, I think that playing football in the, in the spring would be pretty terrible. I mean, I think it'd be, I think it would turn into a, a, like, uh, a very extended spring camp, you know, how are you get? you're not going to get Jamar chase to play. He's going to the NFL. He'll be drafted in three months. You know, like, what is he going to play for half the season? There's no point. And he's got enough, you know, all a lot of these players, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, Travis Etienne, uh, the, and I guess even Justin Fields, he's draft eligible. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, like, there's no point. They've got enough on film, and there's, and 
you know, they could, and they could get a career ending injury and it, you know, point and, and there goes their career. So I almost think that it would be a, it would be a huge downgrade in the quality of play. I know that, you know, you might get now like miles Brennan, he might play cause he's really never had a chance to show, to show what he can do. But, you know, if he's not throwing to Terrace Marshall and Jamar chase and he's not, and, and you know, he's, he's not, uh, and even do you think about a player like Stingley, if, if, if some of these, I wonder, you know, if, if some of the big time players say I'm not playing, then do some of the players like Stingley who, um, you know, he's not draft eligible, but his, his career, he's, he could go to the NFL right now and get drafted. Is it worth it for him to play? Or does he say, you know what, let's just, I'll just wait and let's play. I'll sit out and let's play in the fall. And then, I, then that's a whole other question of like, okay, so if you play in the spring, do you just, do you take a break? If you finish, like, we'll just say in May, do you take a, a month long break or two month long break and then come back for fall camp? Do you ever come, you know, do you ever go back to the spring? Like, I mean, to go back to the fall, you have, I would think you'd have to, that make no sense at all, but it'd be a weird way to have to move on to the next season. Unless the NFL did the same thing, right? Like unless they postponed their season until the spring and then that pushed all of their time frames back also. I mean, that might be the only way because, uh, you know, if they have a – but then, like, didn't the whole like, thing be off kilter? It's like, when would they transfer would you, back to the fall? When would you go back? Yeah, like, would you ever go back – could you ever go back to the fall? Would you ever go back to the fall? That's kind of the thing that, like – and, I mean, like, the question – the answer is, like, yes, you have to go back to the fall. It's football. Like, football is played in the fall. But there are challenges with that. It's not as simple as just, okay, we'll play in the spring and then we'll go back to normal. Right. Well, they, I mean, it would be an abbreviated season. They were talking, I think like just eight games and there were, I don't know, some guys in the big 10 were talking about just playing within your conference, uh, you know, maybe even a home and home with people from your conference. So instead of uh, eight games against one against different teams, like you could play like LSU and Auburn could have a home and home. Like they'd play each other twice. Which it's like be, a high school season almost. Yeah, like well, like the yeah, like the NFL too. Um, but they're also talking about just having maybe regional games, which would might include FCS. But let's say LSU, they would in in their you know maybe Region. they could, yeah they would play uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas. Then they would play you know all the all the smaller schools in Louisiana, which they had kind of already started to do. They scheduled southern and uh you know grambling so i they're kind of headed that way but I, you know i don't think that would do any like how would you be able to gauge that if you were to have a postseason you know I, I think they would have i think you'd either have to how do you how do you how do you crown a national champion with a with like let's say lsu you know runs the table and beats arkansas old miss mississippi state tulane <laughs> tech uh and utsa and ULM, mm-hmm. like woo, like you know, LSU's an undefeated eight and no LSU. Like okay, we're well, we win. <laughs> like put us in right. the playoff. It's like wait, what? <laughs> it's like the, you get your UCF national championship. Yeah, really. So I, it, there's so much, there's so many holes with this thing, and I'm like, come on, either play in the fall, or you know, put our put the put the you know, just slit our throats. We're not playing. Yeah, my perspective is kind of just like you got to go for it. 
unless something almost disastrous happens. And I'm not saying that like, I want to put people's safety at risk here. If people don't want to play, they should have the option to not play. I'd like to put, I'll put my, I'll put myself in danger. I I was like, I'll walk on, pull, pull the pads on one last time. (laughs) I just got to do it one more time. But yes, like, I think they just got to go for it. And then if something happens, players on the team test positive, then like deal with it at that point, but kind of twiddling your thumbs over it and waiting for the very last second to make a decision is maybe not the best option, like plan for what you can right now and then be available to pivot uh, whenever you have to. Right. So we'll just roll with that for right now. But obviously there's a lot more bureaucracy and factors than it's not quite so simple as us podcasters would like to make it, but it's uh, fingers crossed. We'll see a season spring is better than nothing, but I think if it doesn't happen this fall, I think it's not likely for this year. Like if there's nothing in the fall, it's probably not going to happen in the spring the way I see it. I mean, like, I don't even think, I don't even know if spring really is better than the fall or better than nothing. Like it's just, I I don't know. I feel like it'd be a, it'd be like watching like a weird, like JV season. You know what I mean? Like with the regional thing, do we really care to watch LSU play tech ULM Tulane, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, Arkansas, like, all the, like that. I mean, like, yeah, I want to watch LSU play, but like, that's not. There's no. There's no energy in that. Yeah, you just hunger for those like three or four games LSU has a season against Alabama, Auburn, Florida, like Ole Miss, pretty much. And the rest is kind of like. I mean, it's really fun to watch, and like you love to watch LSU football, but you're kind of just always looking forward on the schedule to those big games. And if they if they don't exist on the schedule, then you're like, what, what are we doing here? Well, and also like you know we talk about LSU elevating themselves to compete for compete for you know playoff contention every year. Well, like, again, like, how can you, how can you call that a playoff? Like, you know, it's not going to be there. I do. I don't think, and I don't think playing that playing our region, I don't think LSU would deserve a playoff spot right now. Like just, just knowing what I know now about the teams, you know what I mean? Like, how can you, so I don't think there's a good way to do it. How can you justify, uh, you think about like, think about like the California region. There'd be, that'd be some, some really like USC would run away with it. I would think, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it won't be UCLA. They're still trying to get a third party in there to, to look over their COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, what if we kept Texas though? That's kind of regional. Uh, I, I don't know. I would say though, I think though, I think there's too much money to be lost and too much money. That's probably already been earmarked for them to just do away with the 2020, 2020 season. Uh, you know, I've, I've been wrong about stuff like that before, but I just, I, I don't see them trying to do a wash. Like they're still trying to, they're still brainstorming. You know, it's the Olympics, someone pulled the trigger and like, we're, we're not doing it. They postponed that. And that's, you know, way bigger than, uh, you know, just one football season. Uh, I would think just by a logistic standpoint, but what, even if it was, let's say they started in November, it's like, they're going to try and figure out something. It's going to be, different than what we're used to, but I think they're going to want to do something. I, for one, hope they do. Even if they postpone their decision just to play things by ear. I am so sick of flipping around and all I see is, you know, old SEC Nation reruns or cornhole championships on ESPN. I'm done with it. Bring back the real sports. I'm tired of watching cornhole and rock skipping as if that's, you know, worth sitting at home and watching on tv it's not i don't know how they're still selling ad space with that stuff but hey uh you know 
to each their own. But I, for one, hope they figure it out just so I can get something. I'll take football light, but as long as it's football, you know? Yeah. Hey, I will say uh, LSU is on the SEC Network this week. They're doing LSU games once a week. I mean, once a day. I believe today at 7 – or no, tomorrow at 7 p.m. it's the LSU-Auburn game. So okay, tune in, you know, if you're excited for that. Good. Good. Good to know. Um, I don't know. Is that, uh, do we, do we cover all we wanted to cover today? I think that we got covered it? it. That's, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of recruiting news, a lot of good news for LSU. Uh, maybe <laughs> just, let's just hope we ever get, we get to see these players put on LSU jerseys at some point in their lifetime. Yeah. I think we, we hit all the major points. Like you said, looking forward to the season. If it happens, I think we were, kind of down on it in march and april optimistic in may and june and now we're back we're down back in down. july so it's a roller coaster so if we're down in july and august and we'll be back on top in september when the season starts so if it rolls like that then we'll come out on top so uh fingers crossed so stay down everybody <laughs> yeah stay down or just stay stay home for two more weeks yeah that's it's like uh you got to take a step back to go forward um it's so hard to do though um, cause you don't want to just sit at home. You don't want to go out and do stuff, but I don't know if you want to get football in the fall, we may have to do that. Kind of like Daniel, how you had to self quarantine this weekend, but, but yeah, that'll pretty much do it for us here on talking Tigs. Um, we'll have more for you next week. Hopefully some more good, some good recruiting news. Uh, maybe, maybe some, uh, some other insights, uh, no matter what happens this week, we will be dedicated and have it for you next week here on Talking Tigs. So stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.